Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. in the building with, I mean Alexia see this is shitting all of us I did man. It. I that's did. twice yeah. her name is Elise Elise <laughs> and Alexia is not even in the booth I mean we're just so used to having nah. her presence in the building I, I, think I, I got, just, I, I got mixed up in the fine details everything every everything that's aimed at somebody who we're sublimely talking to we should just aim it at Alicia yeah yeah Alicia Alicia that's, that that's my ex's name let's while. not repeat that I'm sorry for starting that no fuck Trist though Fuck Trist. <laughs> Fuck Trist again. And them dry ass muffins. Fuck Yo, straight up. Here. Straight up. What are we talking about? I don't What's even drink what? coffee. Huh? I don't drink coffee. Trist is kind of a Fuck Starbucks shop. while I'm at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You've been drinking coffee because you've been working hard, bro. Tell me what's been going on, man. Um, I'm checking with my head cut off at the moment. We have an event today. Well, first of all, we got the podcast. I'm here doing the podcast. Over the shoulder. Okay. Over the weekend, I moved. Like literally moved my life, Uh-oh. and then over the course of the next week, me and my uh, me and my business partner Reef will be moving studios. So you just and, and then in the midst of all that, right got now. an event today, and then on Friday got another event with my other business partners. So business is booming. Is business is, is right booming. Like, booked and busy. Sounds like waiting waiting to see the rewards, but booked and busy though. Uh oh. How do you maintain all those relationships? Like you know. Uh, how do you, is is it multidisciplinary? You, like, how do you keep those threads going? Like, how do you make sure the people that you work with, which are mostly creative, like, feel like they're heard and like you know that you really give a fuck, even though it seems like you're spread between different moves, moves and movements and um, stuff like that. A patience, understanding, and the psychology degree that I didn't acquire. That's real street knowledge. Yeah, street like smart. I just. You know what I'm saying? I take my feel for people, kind of study their movements, their actions. Like, I was just talking to one of my teammates earlier today, Steel. Like, he's worked with me and him and uh, Chris are working on a few projects. And I was telling him, like, yo, it's my job to know what move you're going to make before you make it. Yeah. Because I know you. I know what you're expecting. I know what you need for what you got to do. So I'm going to stay either a step ahead or be prepared for the question you were about to ask me. That That's, that's my job. So... So what does that mostly contain of? Are you the are you the person who's like the front man who like makes the deals happen? Who's like the intermediary? Like how would you describe yourself? Um, I would say depending on the situation, I'm either the deal maker or the deal closer or the deal finesser, for lack of better words. Words. So in some situations, I'm starting the conversation. In other situations, I'm making sure the conversation that we had we actually followed through. And then in other situations, yo, Tom. Let's close this deal at Lime. Like, let's take the money right quick. I feel you. So it really depends on the scenario. That's pretty. That's pretty lit. What do you feel? Well, what you got going on, Bimo? <laughs> you know, mad quiet over here. It's like I am mad quiet. I'm just up. listening, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just listening. Let's go ahead and start it off. What, are we, what are we at? What are we, we doing? What are we, we doing? doing? Blah, blah, we blah. forgot. Let's do it. Huh? Are let's do it. Introduce? It's time. Ourselves, let's do it. Bro. We Hello? gotta pick this shit up. Oh shit, man. We did it again. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm well, just all over the place right now, man. It's all good, man. It's all good. 
once again, I'm sorry. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Over the Shoulder Podcast. This is your chance to eavesdrop on three creators as we discuss the ups and downs, the inspirations of the creative process. Today in the building, we have our three hosts, Akosha Boy, Bimo Brown, creative director and producer. What's up with it? Time Time was just explaining some of the many projects he's got. Boy, you sound busy. That's what I was thinking. Just facilitator, man. Well, I was waiting on you to say that. Go shit, ahead, bro. Go ahead, like, man. Yeah, I'm ready. Thomas, I'm ready. Thomas the Great, a.k.a. the facilitator, a.k.a. <laughs> Everybody's favorite Ghanaian, aka I don't have any more. That's it. We gotta get good. one yo. more, bro. Yo, yo, yeah, I do have I, to come up with It's one the more. kid backpack, Matt, aka Mr. Backpack, Silent Partner shit, enough said. Not Mr. SBO, baby. All of that, enough said. Oh. They know about it. Coming we got some crazy shit coming real soon. So I'm gonna chill out for now. Yeah, we need and we need to talk, bro. What's up? Man, we'll talk about it, man. We'll talk about it, bro. Cause we got some we got some things. I got some it's a lot of shit. All right, I got some things for you. Who that in the building? That's that's, that's that's George. That's George coming man, through the my building. My man George, you gotta go my through man, that. Tom, Tom. Yo, Tom, Tom, we, you sound. By the way, we at the Lion Hotel. Oh man, oh man, I am fucking. Shout out to Full George Service George in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so shout out to Jack Insley. Jack is in the studio with us today. Jack, Jamon, George, you know, we got a lot of people here. What's going on, man? How you doing? Shout out to Tom, Tom, the diplomat that he is. I'm just all over the place. So, 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 what's funny about the man who just walked in the building? Yeah. This man has been my barber for the past almost 15 years. Oh, oh yeah? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barber's yeah. a staple in the community, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staple in the community. This, this is, is the barber this is, this shop. Is, this, is, this is like <laughs> your, your father, your brother, your psychologist. Your therapist. Your therapist. All mixed into one person. Sports this is a analyst. very special brother right here. Your barber can affect your mood for two weeks, man. Really? Man? Yeah. Really oh, can. yeah. He really I can, I can't get bro. a cut. I'm blown, and me. I feel uh, inept days, for the next two weeks. I haven't been to a barber in like two years, but that's, you know, that's another thing, bro. Yeah, another I mean, we can line it up, my, my I mean, man. I like to look wild. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Uh, Yo, I was, I, was, I was freezing up in the cold open a second ago because you was talking all that shit, and you just gave me like PTSD for real. I was just like... In shock yeah, and trauma. Yeah, we were just talking about that. You talking about the bro. fallout from doing yeah, a big I, I event, and now you're already out. moving forward. Jesus Christ, man! You are a machine, man. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm just coming off. Maybe yesterday, I'm just coming off like my ten day sabbatical of well, ten of, days. Yeah, like ten days of just straight like ingestion and and reflection and quiet time. And you over here got two events in the next forty eight hours. Why? I'd have lost a toe by now, man. <laughs> Just by hypertension, on, man. man. The, the marathon continues. My 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 inner circle is how I keep myself together. That's that's real shit. Are you together right now? At the moment, I am. All right, for sure. Yeah, Matt, what you got going on, man? I mean, I got a lot about going to on. Fly I, out I got, of here. Yeah, I got. You know, I wanted to be with the family before I flew out. I got a little day trip. You know, duty calls in terms of the day. Duty. <laughs> but um, things are good, man. Things are picking up. It seems like uh. Last week's episode was very dope. Shout out to Jeremy Hurt from the Let's Talk Bro podcast. I hit that got a wind lot of good down. feedback on that. Definitely got to get the wind down started. But, you know, I'm in a good space. I think where the podcast is going, the listenership, everything is healthy right now. Shout out to Tom Tom for bringing in uh, barbers and, and reaching out to people in the, in the Lion Hotel and telling them what we got going on. So Yeah, we might know, have some visitors. A lot. We might have a few I visitors, have man. a quarter piece of a live studio audience. So I'm just excited into the segments that we're about to get into and just the general conversation before I bounce because uh, this looks like this might be a healthy dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are we ready for the word of, of the, the day. day? Of the day. Officially sponsored by <laughs> Dictionary.com. There we go. Unofficially pay sponsored, up. man. Uh, today's word of the day, you know, Matt just said it. It is implicit. Epistolary? Epistolary. Epistolary? Epistolary. 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 Adjutary. Oh, my goodness. Adjective. Contained in or carried on by letters. Oh. Oh, like a pen pal. Epistolary. Oh, yeah, the, the modern day. <laughs> what the fuck? The modern day epistolary. 
Modern day epistolary is uh, the DMs. Is it the DMs? DMs? Yeah. We've moved past uh, epistolary relationships in, in terms of it. Not even emails. Do you See, email the shorty back and forth? Like, I wish we could return back to epistolary time because I think the expectation of of communication and like timeliness, I think it's just ridiculous, man. Yeah. I think it's just ridiculous. I might that might just be my fuckboy. So snail mail you know. might be the solution. I mean it, it matters more, right? Let's put, it put does. more thought into it. It does. Snail mail is not the solution to anything. I used to work at the post office. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm sorry, it's like a smooth four episodes. That's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, you don't want to talk about your poster days? Dissertation. Of Did you shoot the- somebody? We'll talk about it off air. No, 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 right. no. <laughs> I never actually went postal, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> see what I, I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. Right. Yeah, I got you. That was in the can. You had that. that you was ready. You had that. I, was, I was shocked. Yo, he was I was like, surprised, yo. if you will. Y'all mind if I go too deep, man? <laughs> go ahead. Go on, go on in. Here we go. <clears throat> As a content creator, I find it pivotal to constantly investigate that which inspires, confounds, and disrupts creativity. Each week, I explore one creative concept, deconstructive to its creator's atoms, and analyze its foundations in hopes of expanding the discovery of the creative process. This week, I'm going to talk about... A good question I was thinking about. Why aren't HBCUs more interested in sports? Just hmm. general definitions. Everybody get out of the way. HBCU is a uh, historically black college university such as Hampton, Howard, North Carolina, A&T. Get your good Google on if you don't Aggies. know what HBCU, are. HBCU is, right? I think, am I the only HBCU grad in the room? Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I wish I was. I mean. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I read Jamel's Hill, Jamel Hill's Atlantic article that questioned the ramifications of a class of elite high school athletes attending HBCU. In the article, which I definitely suggest everybody check out because it's just a good history lesson, as, long as, some, as well as some good writing. She describes the rise, the fall, and the stagnation of HBCU's prominence in uh, NCAA and publicly discussed college sports, right? Uh, long story short, we were great. Not we because I'm going to try to keep it separate. They were once great, but what schools have been able to offer through media ex- uh, exposure concluding, uh, concluded with better resources for white schools. Basically, more exposure, get out in the media, $1.1 billion made through NCAA's uh, profit just through last year has been able to provide better resources for athletes who attend these bigger schools. Hmm. Um, oh, man, I did it again. Hold on. Find your place. Uh, Find your place. She went a little too deep, man. Right. I did. I did. I did. I did. did. So when I was a kid, I used to think about this all the time. I would wonder, like, what would it be like if I went to the NCAA tournament and instead of seeing these other bands and seeing these other schools, I would see schools like Tuskegee versus Jackson State or Howard versus Prairie View. Not only would be the bands, it would be the culture, it would be the history. Even when I played Mad when I I was a kid, I would set up my creator player. He'd always come from an HBCU, Hmm. right? But I had never truly thought about what the true ramifications were. So again, read that, Jamel. Hill article, right? So I think that the question to the easy, wait, the answer to the easy question is HBCU simply can't and won't be able to afford the same resources as the big schools. We know that. And because I refuse to play the victim, I ask in response, do HBCUs really want to? Check these stats. Check these stats out, right? right. Despite constituting only 3% of four-year colleges in the country, HBCUs have produced 80% of black judges, Mm -hmm. 50% of black lawyers, 50% 50% of black doctors, 40% of black engineers, 40% of black members of Congress, and 13% of black CEOs in America today. Hmm. With that, I believe if anyone could figure out a way to make college athletics and black prominent mix, it would be HBCUs. So why don't HBCUs focus on the prominence that is 
in sports, uh, we know the e easy answer, resources, but I think there's another reason. I think HBCUs just know better. Think about it. Currently, black athletes risk their bodies for wealth, usually breaking both, while being labeled amateurs. $1.1 billion generated through the NCAA last year through 30 schools, 100 million schools, not one black athlete got paid. Mm, right. Several black athletes were penalized for using their name and using their skills to, take, to try to make a profit and survive even the college atmosphere. Is that what we really want? If we look at pro athletes right now as the final destination of what a college athlete could be, right. is this the result we really want? We can already talk about A.B., AB just went through the most foolish, the most foolish offseason I've ever seen in my life. This man couldn't play because he had burnt feet. This man couldn't play because he had a frozen chamber. In a frozen chamber. He couldn't <laughs> play because he had a right helmet. He couldn't play because the team fined him. He couldn't play because he didn't want to come to practice. Now he can't play because he's out here touching people. checked by the uh, ma manager, what, 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 general manager? Right. I, often, I wonder, my childhood fantasies have now been replaced. Not whether the revenue generated from college sports could bring prominence back to HBCUs, could HBCUs bring prominence back to the black athlete? Hmm. And that's BMO goes too deep. If you can't find it, swim for it. That's powerful. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that was solid, right? I don't even, I don't even know what to say after that. Uh, so I was, I ultimately went to a PWI. So I went to Stanford, but I was choosing between Stanford, a full ride to Hampton, and a full ride to Morehouse. Now I whittled it down to Morehouse in Stanford. In fact, I had actually submitted my deposit and got met my roommate at Morehouse via MySpace. Really? Yeah. Like, so I was all in. My mom went to Spelman, et cetera, et cetera. But Same. when I went to the college trip where like I went down there for homecoming weekend, so that was the best time to go. Hmm. I was like 17, 18. And I loved my experience with the people through and through. The one thing that I, at the time, didn't like seeing, which was like 2007, was that in the computer labs, none of the computers looked the same. Hmm. So, you know, I went to Stanford for the same type of visit and Interesting. all of them like fresh MacBooks, iMacs everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like all the same type, all got, you know, the best software at your right. disposal. I think it always comes down to, it doesn't always come down to, but a big piece is the, the fundraising pieces that PWIs have in of regards course. to the university the endowment fund in terms of the alumni is mm -hmm. putting money back into the school, but also on the athletic side, the booster clubs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you look at uh, powerhouse football, college football teams like Texas, basketball. Alabama, you know what I'm saying? Or in basketball, it's like Kansas, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. You have people who didn't even graduate from the school who are like rich, Throwing who are money at investing them. in these, in being part of these booster clubs to provide housing, perks, and all these things under the table to athletes that maybe, you know, HBCUs, uh, aren't and cannot provide at the same scale they can't they can't so i think that's probably a big achilles heel based off of the things that you've been telling me that i don't know if i would call it an achilles heel but a big difference it is the wealth gap is is serious and its ramifications definitely ring out in the ways that you just talked about bro yeah it's 100 it's the average uh medium median white I'm sorry, the median white household's wealth is 10 times larger than the median black household's wealth. And if mostly black people go to HBCUs, then of course our funding is going to be different, man. Right, 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 right. right, right that's right. like 100, I think it's like 170K to um, like, to like uh, I guess. Like uh, 9,000? Yeah, like 11, <laughs> that, 11 stacks, maybe that. 1,100, excuse 30, me, 1,100. That's true. 1,100. Right. So, so, of course, you have, more, you have more discretionary funds. You can throw it at Nebraska if you went to... 
slippery rock state in New Jersey. You can do that if you want to. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? For black women, it's even worse. I think the average, uh, just in terms of assets minus uh, liabilities, yeah. is like $150 on average. That's ridiculous. Net wealth, if you're talking about net wealth. Like assets minus liabilities and debt is 150 if that, dollars to yeah. a black woman's name in America. Yeah. Crazy. Hmm. That's that, that's crazy. I don't even know what to say, man. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> what you got in the bag, man? Yeah, what yeah, you got, got in the bag, baby? In the bag. Uh, so today, even though I don't, I think this, we, we, we tend to upload episodes pretty quickly. Shout out to Jack and the team. So yeah, they usually they upload the same day. Yep. But today, uh, when we're recording this, is September 11th, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 18 years removed from September 11th, wow. 2001. So September 11th is a very pivotal day. Uh, for millennial urban creatives on this day in 2011 2001 excuse me america was attacked most notably by the uh, the twin towers in new york and the pentagon in arlington virginia right outside dc i remember that day i was in sixth grade at glenarm woods elementary school in maryland we didn't even get out of homeroom before the tv uh quickly turns to the news my my parents were both government contractors and worked close to the pentagon mm. so i was scared as fuck um, to my surprise, my dad scooped me from um, school before noon, and we drove home to my mom to watch the aftermath the rest of the evening. It was inescapable. Every channel that you turned to, with the exception of maybe the Disney Channel, had news coverage of what was going on. Um, I remember the next day going out with, uh, I believe, my mom, uh, maybe like a half a mile outside of the Pentagon site, and to see the Pentagon is five sides, to see one of those sides kind of look caved in like a paper like that lone paper towel like that's hanging off the the spindle when it's yeah. upright like it's just kind of dangling that's how it looked that should just baffle me so just going back to that time there's a few things that i wanted to point out in rel- in relation to now one where were you when it happened and how did the concept of terrorist attacks affect you because prior to that i you know desert storm had happened maybe a few years prior but i didn't know what about on soil terrorist attacks or anything like that that was right. not a concern um how you found out about news back then versus how you find out about news today. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all huddled around TVs and stuff as a family, probably in 2001. But nowadays, you know, you get the alert right there on your phone via Twitter, you know, and then you yeah, just engage in social media. It's kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, our relationship with politics and how 9-11 and Bush affected that, the ideas around flying and seeing the stereotyping of other ethnicities outside of African-Americans for once. Um, as a black man, seeing um, Muslims being affected and stereotyped, people who were lighter shades than me was a newfound kind of thing. Um, On a brighter note, on that same day in 2001, Jay-Z released his sixth studio album, The Blueprint, arguably his best work, with Reasonable Doubt, Black Album, and the occasional American gangster in constant contention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Blueprint was obviously overshadowed that day by the aforementioned events, but its impact, star quality, and staying power has still allowed the album to resonate with the masses as an undeniable classic. Uh, Def Jam released an editorial today that revisited the recording process of the album. And there's another, uh, another set of few dope points that I wanted to bring up for you know, the listeners to kind of dwell on. Uh, so star-studded rookie producers. This was really the emergence of Kanye West as a producer. That's crazy. Um, you know, H to the Izzo, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City, Never Change, mm. as well as Takeover, mm. uh, were the four songs that served as the initial backbone of what Blueprint ultimately became. Yeah. Mm. Um, Just Blaze and You Don't Know and his emergence kind of as a rookie producer under mm. that Rockefeller camp was that same album. That family tree is crazy. Bink out of Virginia. Um, most notably, if people aren't really familiar with Bink, he produced Devil in a New Dress, yeah. one of Kanye's uh, 
uh, my, beautiful uh, my beautiful dark twister fan in this fantasy album. Yeah, my favorite Kanye album. I'm sorry for the tongue twister. Uh, the album was pretty much uh, done in a week. Word. So uh, that was pretty interesting to learn. And Takeover was actually meant for Beanie Siegel's album, The Becoming, uh, but didn't work out due to timeline and sampling issues. Yeah. Uh, also, H to the Izzo was meant for Ghostface Killer, and Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City was meant for DMX. Yeah. Um, Timbaland and, and Renegade with Jay-Z and Eminem working together. Uh, and this was a time when Jay was in the studio pretty much every day because the only other side business that he had was Rock Aware. Oh, true. So you look back 18 years ago and you see these moguls <laughs> and where they started at versus where they are now. Um, producers would send over CDs. <laughs> so the, the concept of how different. we uh, sent, shared, and consumed media. Yeah. Um, the album rollout process, you know, uh, based on this article... Um, the album was submitted in July, but dropped on September 11th. So mm-hmm. these are two month gaps in which the album rollout was, you know, disseminated first to the media so that they can do reviews and write articles and stuff like that. So the media was privy to it in this two month rollout process before it hits the streets mm. versus today. Um, and the importance of traditional radio and media just in general, um, you know, having to debut songs on the radio and terrestrial radio back then and how important and how much of a uh, gatekeeper status traditional radio and, t- and cable outlets like um, MTV and BT had versus Man. the decentralization of that in favor of social media. Um, so I just wanted to reflect on experiences we often don't revisit in detail and really analyze how those times and moments may have shifted our lives. The people who were on the brink of impacting the culture at that time, the journeys we each embark on and how the decisions we make versus the events we cannot control, especially the dance between the world we live in and the world we create with the things we consume and how that all creates history. And that's what's in the bag. And as a kind of P.S., 2007, September 11th, was the uh, the war between 50 Cent and Kanye. Really? With graduation versus Curtis. And that kicked off the whole conversation about sales and numbers and stuff like that, too. So just to say how September 11th is a very infamous but interesting date in uh, urban urban culture. Definitely. Dope, man. I really, I really <laughs> fuck with uh, rediscovering history from like the early 2000s. I think it's kind of forgotten. Yeah. It's not old, but it's not current at the same Niggas time. Niggas don't want to talk about Nelly and shit like that. No, they don't. Like, I, I mean, take offense to that. Hold on, hold on. Don't get me started on yeah. Nelly. That's a whole nother episode, yeah. Definitely I, I love, episode. Yeah, I love to revisit, I like to revisit like those thought processes and I remember watching the Fatback TVs and listening to the CDs and that was the only way that you could really access music. Uh, I to, I'm going to listen to the blueprint today because you're right. That did launch a lot of niggas off. Yes, bro. that really kicked things off. I mean, it didn't kick things off because he was really on a high note already in his career. But yeah, yeah, yeah. for that to be like, you know, the classic at the time, because Reasonable Doubt didn't really get its, it's just due until years later. Right. But definitely. Yeah. Right, yeah. man. Appreciate the bag, bro. Yeah, of course, man. I know you got a road, don't you, baby? Yeah, I do. I can stick around for a few more minutes. I mean, where you headed, man? Tell us where you're going, bro. I gotta go to fucking Oklahoma City, man. (laughs) OKC. Most most famous for two things. Don't dirty talk it like Durant, though. Nah, Durant's not there, though. (laughs) Nobody's there. I'm going to see what's popping off in OKC, so I ain't going to disrespect it. But um, only only thing famous in OKC is the Thunder, what used to be in the Oklahoma City bombing. So, uh, and I'm flying, I'm flying on September Yikes. 11th. So pray for me. You know what I mean? So, oh, no, you got it. Yo, do you remember you could like, if you were, if somebody was flying somewhere, you could walk straight to the gate. That's what's going yeah, to with your shoes on. Yeah, you could. You could no. walk straight. You could go through security. Whether you were part of, whether you had a ticket or not, you go straight to the gate. Yeah, and just chill there until that shit seemed foolish. Now that you think about it. Yeah, I mean, now if you <laughs> yeah, want to like, walk through the gate to with your shoes on and all that, yeah. you got to pay like 
seventy dollars for TSA. Like so, it's also interesting to revisit that. It's like how did terrorist attacks affect security and all those things, quote yeah. unquote. But to get our same privileges back, now yeah. we gotta we gotta be taxed seventy dollars just to walk through a security gate with our shoes on and shit. So I remember the first uh, the first SmackDown after nine eleven. With uh, on on wrestling, it was no, it was a big it was a big TV moment because that was the first live television production after nine eleven was WWE SmackDown. It was on Thursday. Nine eleven mm. was on a Tuesday. Right. Mm. So I just remember watching it and being like, "Holy shit! I feel real American right now." Like The Rock was waving an American flag. Stone Cold was waving an American flag. Kishi, everybody, man. I was like, "Wow, I'm real American." And then a month later, they had an <laughs> angle where there was a. Iraqi terrorist that was trying yep, to kill all the wrestlers. So you know, that's not eleven. Going back, it's America for you. Talking about collegiate sports, but like, you know, it's a few interesting threads. Uh, Bush doing the being on the mound and doing everything. I think yep. it was at like a Yankees game. Yep. Um, uh, so that that in itself was crazy. You got the impetus of actually doing having the football players out on the field mm-hmm. uh, was nine eleven and attacks on that, and then that's the marketing true. campaign. That's very true. From the U.S. Armed Forces yep. to to go into business with the NFL yep. to kind of uh, push patriot, you know, uh, na- I don't know if nationalism is the right word, but uh, patriotism. Yeah, I mean, I was real. America was real America for a good forty five days. Yeah, prior to that, the NFL, the the football players would stay in, inside in in the locker rooms before, after yeah. until after the uh, um, national anthem was called. So yeah. it's a lot of things that started in terms of domino effects. During that, during this 18 year period, and cert, we have to deal with the same shit, but just in a different form and right. you know, different circumstances today. So, most deaf, most deaf. Tom, you got a thoughtful question, man. Okay, so my thoughtful question, it, it actually uh, it centers around a conversation I had with Reef about my man George right here, and or a conversation I've had with George too. Um, the thoughtful question of the day is what are your goals and what are you doing to reach them? Well, I got to bounce, so I'm going to go ahead and go first, man. Like, go ahead. I, my, my goals are split between the creative and tech right now. So I do a lot of the creative stuff, including the show. Um, and I wouldn't call it on the side. I would say right now it's half and half because of right. the, the work-life balance I have. But um, I think the ultimate goal right now within the next couple of years is how can I merge the two, not jump ship for one or the other. Right. Mm. Um, so I'm in constant pursuit like over these next couple months to get the tech stuff done on, on that side so I can do more on the creative side and then do more on the creative side this fall. And then, you know, during the winter, step back and do more on the tech side. But I'm tired of doing that back and forth when really I'm, re- I'm ready to merge the two and just go full on 100% yeah. with yeah. one initiative. So that would be my goal. Got you, got you. All yeah. right. I think um, I've probably in the last four months, I'm coming, coming out of an era of discovering, discovering what my voice is, trying to figure out what my goals are. And now I'm at a point of sustainability. Overall, overall, my goals are, you know, content creation, production creation, all the things it takes to make an artist successful and myself successful through uh, beautiful lens and well-crafted and curated experiences. All right, dog. Fly safe, my mans. Um, how I'm getting to those goals right now is to right now is to reflection and rest. To be 100 percent honest with you, right now I'm just right now I'm really trying to figure out uh, what the trajectory is and where I'm going. All right, got you, got you. Got what about you? Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, so the reason why I brought George up is because we had a conversation about my past. Right? Because you know I don't know. Ten years ago, I was stuck in my little small town and. If 
felt like I was a shadow of myself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took it upon myself to move to D.C. because I've always wanted to, you know, be part of the scene. I wasn't wasn't living in D.C., but I had, you know, heavy dreams of like, you know, affecting the, the creative landscape here. So I moved without a real plan. And then, you know, since that time, different things have come to my um, my different resources have come to my aid, different people I've met over the years. And, you know, that's that's how I'm here. That's how I'm here at this point now. Um, so I would say for me, my goals still remain the same. I, I want to make sure that, you know, DC Arts is on the map. DC Arts gets, uh, you know, a good a good aid and handle on, on what what direction it would like to go. And at, at the at the forefront of that is, is always about helping the next man. Um, I feel like I'm in a very good position with that with those goals and choices now um full service radio is a blessing um being part of this podcast is a blessing trezo is doing his thing me madden fairground and different things we have going on there is good and and chris, same with chris pirate like we're able we're in a position where we have a platform to share with other um share with other artists share with other creatives so that's what we that's what we um that's what we do the best and that's what we do the most like share our platform so i think i'm doing pretty good for sure we have two new guests to the podcast you can't introduce them all right so on one hand we have jamon aka jiggy season aka mr look here collective aka sign up <laughs> what's yes. going on jamon how you doing no i'm good you man. gotta come a little closer to the mic my man. that worked yeah, I know you're a friend to the show, man, but reintroduce yourself to the people what you on, Broham. Jiggy Man. All right, man. My name is Jermon, a.k.a. Jiggy Season on IG and Twitter. Um, pretty much just been down with the show. Um, this is my first time back in a while, so happy to get acquainted with the brothers. You know, um, working on, honestly, uh, got an event this weekend at Art on Night okay. that I'm a nice. part of out in Tinley Town. Okay. My man, Akil Ali. Nice. So that's going to be popping. And then next weekend, well actually, no, two weekends from now, got the Look Here Art event at DuPont Underground that we've nice. been trying to put together as well. Nice, nice. So, you know, that's going to be a beautiful time as well. Nice. So, yeah. Good. Just trying to stay active. Good, man. I, I like the use of DuPont Underground. That. That's what's up. DuPont Underground is the shit. Yeah, man. And then, and then we got my man George. Me and my man got a long history. It's not just my barber. That That's one of my very good friends. Um, you know, talk, say, say a little bit about yourself, my man. Well, yeah. Just move. Matter of fact, first time on the mic. First time on the mic. Close. You gotta get closer, personal, okay. brother. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Got you. There you got go. You. My yeah. bad. You good? But yeah, just move. Just moved up here from a small city too, from Northern Virginia. Uh, in the process of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to try to be a, a, a spiritual life coach. Okay. Right, right, you know right. I'm saying? A spiritual life coach. I want to be an author, also like a motivational speaker. Okay. Because I feel like that's what's needed. Like. My generation is hard to relate to the younger generation when y'all struggle is just as real as ours. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So trying to use my platform, my my influence that I have on that group to like make us better as black people. Okay. As a whole. I got you. Most stuff, most stuff. I got you. I got you. We want to talk about some things. We ready to talk about some things? Um. Yeah, we can. We can. Um. So, Jamon. Yo. What? Who? Who is in Look Here Collective, and what is Look Here Collective? 
Look Here Collective pretty much consists of me and uh, three other photographers. It's four of us. Um, we have Cedric, we have uh, my brother Ja, and then uh, we have Abdullah as well. So it's just four um, photographers who, um, I'll more so say a consistent theme we have is concert photography and right. like photographing music, you know, just motion, things of that nature. We all have our own signature styles outside of that. But that's the one uniform um, style of photography that brings us together. And that's pretty much the synopsis of this event that's going to be happening. Pretty much uh, just showing a collective of uh, four black photographers in this type of industry where, you know, you know, I don't have to say it. It's like it's not that many of us. So, you know, for us to kind of get together and, you know, to show that unity, to show that. It was very important. Yeah, exactly. It it was a big deal. So I was glad that, you know, we were able to kind of get it all together. Give us a sneak peek of the project. What can we expect? Um, Honestly, we can expect some uh, dope photography. Each of us have a different uh, a different particular theme that we chose to run with. Yeah, a different collection. So um, my collection is going to be centered around Mochella and the Dome UDC uh, movement that just took yeah. place this past summer. Mm. So you expect to see some photos from that. Mm. I got to talk to you after the podcast, man. I got some things. Somebody hit my line the other day. Got some money. Uh-oh. All right, at me. You feel me? Oh, I'm going to holler at you, bro. I'm going to holler at you, man. <laughs> I'm going to holler at you. All right. Did y'all see that Nicki Minaj retired? No, I didn't nah. see that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I have to be, yeah. have to be completely honest with you. I don't really check for Nicki, so, so enlighten me. I don't either. I mean, I think, you know, one thing I think, although manufactured, <laughs> what a woman. My goodness. Oh, man. Oof. Anyway, it's like, uh, uh, but now that she's retiring, I think it leaves uh, a pretty good question that's happening in, in, uh, in women in hip hop right now. It kind of takes away that queen spot, if you will, like that number one spot, like the OG in the game, like the head BIC in charge is gone. Even if it's like a fake situation, which I think we're about to, to jump on in a second. Even if it's like, oh, I'm retiring. Here's the Black album, and I'll be back with uh, Kingdom Come and American Gangster in a couple years. Right. Or like the old wrestler retire, like I'll retire, but I'm back in like three weeks, and here I'm back on the show yeah. super kicking somebody. I think <laughs> this gives a good opportunity for uh, some of the budding female artists, in which uh, female hip-hop is probably on the best run it's ever been, right. to really try to jump up and take that spot. I think it's right. a good time for like, ooh, King of the Ring is happening right now. She'd be like, Queen of the Bars or something like that. that yeah, okay, you feel okay. Me? Queen you feel of me? the Bars. <laughs> Queen of the Bars. You know what I mean, what Queen you got, Jiggy? Yo, I'm going to be honest. I feel like um, her retirement was a little calculated. You know, don't get me wrong that she's saying she's trying to build a family, you know, start that part of her life. Talk and she's it, been grinding for mad years, so right. it makes sense. But I do find it interesting with her last project, the reception wasn't that well. And then the string of like releases, the singles that she's been coming out with, they haven't really been hitting like that. Mm -hmm. And you look at new females who have been taking over, like Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B, Mm -hmm. it's like they fight for that spot, and that's the new sound that's been happening. And I hate to admit it, but I feel like Nicki, her prom isn't here anymore. It's past. And I feel like she's starting to explore different um, avenues, like with the Queen Radio and different things like that. Just trying to find different uh, ways to be in the limelight or to be relevant outside of music. So I feel like, I don't want to call this a cop-out, but I do find the time pretty ironic when she's starting to get heat from somebody and getting real competition. Yeah, yeah. She bowed down. Okay, young Jiggy with the hot take. Yeah, I slightly think, hot take. I one think, take, maybe. I one think, take. Uh, a yeah, no, we, no, we do one take. No, <laughs> a cop out is a good word to put it, though. But I feel like it's a good strategic cop out because she wasn't going to remain on top. You, a good artist has a good run. And she had a good run about four years ago. 
She's been coming off that run. And like you said, Jigga, like what you're saying, she's doing the brilliant thing. She's exploring different media so she can still be relevant to a brand. So she can still get endorsements. She can still, I don't know, she can still get sponsorships. For- she can do all types of shit, man. I forget. Ain't going nowhere. I forget where I heard it, but um, somebody was saying she shouldn't really retire. She should just say she's taking a break, which... Uh, which is essentially what where Jamon nah, is headed with retire. that. She but, but, but 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 my whole thing is is not <laughs> like for example, Fifty Cent never actually retired, but he's like gracefully made his way away from music. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But Fifty Cent didn't need that doesn't need that major content point to still be relevant, right? Because he still had seven other. But, but where where I was going with that is, mm-hmm. I actually do think she really does need to take a break because like for what what. The direction that Jamon was headed and the way that I really feel like she's going is like she's trying to be calculated and everything becomes miscalculated. Mm-hmm. So when you're off calibration, for lack of better words, like that, it is time to take a break and recenter, refocus or refigure out whatever you want to be doing. Um, me personally, I've, I've, I've never exactly cared for Nicki Minaj's music. Mm. I've never really cared for even like the, the spectacle that I've heard that she is. But at the same time, I feel like for her own betterment, her for her own future, I feel like it's time to focus, like you saying, like we all saying, like away from the mic. You see what I'm saying? Mm. It literally, mm. even in the podcast form, like to me, like one of the last, uh, I don't know, pieces of content I, I took in with her was the the Joe Budden show, right? And, and the spectacle or the Queen Radio, whichever show, whichever of the two shows you watch, but it was just like if 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 she were in my immediate circle, I would literally be irritated with her and what she's doing at the moment. Not necessarily like I find her to be annoying. It's just more so like, what are you doing? And what is this? Like, what is this showing? What is this doing for you? You see what I'm saying? That I, I'm one of those people like I, I can I can hear the loud talking and it's like still what message are you trying to show, get forth? And it's like, I don't I don't hear it through the noise. So I'd rather her take that time to like you make make uh, organize the noise for lack of better words. Right. Right, I think this. Is, I think what Nicki Minaj is doing is a is a beautiful piece of a beautiful strategy. In order to make music, most of music is silence. Right, you know what I mean. Like you can't just keep playing notes and notes and notes and notes and expect people not to be annoyed by the sound of your instrument or your voice or whatever. It's, right, right. And re- and taking a break is too lukewarm. The people they mm-hmm. want hot or cold, baby. You in the game well, or you, you not in the game? Yeah, yeah. And she you, said, I'm out the game. I'm, you you put you leaving it in or you pulling it out, time time. But then when you come back in the game, then it's like yeah, exactly. Can't come I, have to, I have to completely overlook the innuendo you just shot me. Get, get, get that. I'm sorry. That's all I'm saying, bro. That's all I'm saying. The biggest. I gotta take it to wrestling because that's how I, that's how I compare band Everything brands. Goes back the to biggest uh, applause that The Rock ever got as a wrestler was when he came back seven years after he retired. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and we get applause even right now. <laughs> Beautiful strategy, man. I love it. I feel it. you. I feel you. I love it. Make the people miss you. That's right, man. And it, nobody don't want me, Dennis Rodman. Oh, mm. come on. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dennis Rodman. I think Dennis Rodman is an American hero. Is he? I think Break so. it I down. Think, go, think, on, go on. Oh get get a little bit hey, deeper. Oh hey, hey, I, I actually think he is, but this this is the sad thing about him. He just wants love. Yeah, he just wants love. He just wants love. He wants love so bad, it. man. He okay. never got it. So okay. it's just like he, he don't know how to survive. And I think that's how Nikki is. Nikki just wanted love from the fans. Right, right, right. So I, she she's on her way of being like a Dallas Maverick, uh, Dennis Rodman. Okay, okay, Maverick, Dennis Rodman. I People can dig forgot. It. 
You know what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just like I don't remember. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to you know remember if he really yeah, did yeah. play. He, he played for the Dallas Mavericks? He was yeah. Our man. He was the Mavericks. Was that the beginning or the end? He caught like six rebounds. Yeah, yeah, for the Mavericks. He got the racket. Sat on the floor. Dang. Like Tracy McGrady with the Spurs or something, huh? But the thing is, Tracy he still played play. though. Tracy didn't play, man. <laughs> Tracy didn't play, dog. Tracy didn't play, man. But look, let's uh, we're getting towards the end of the show. Let's get to the tools of the trade. If that's cool, gotcha, gotcha. So explain the tools of the trade, Tom. Tom. Okay, so the tools of the trade are they can be literal uh, or figurative, and really it's just you know, it's the tool that you're using right now that really is of the most benefit to you. So for me, I'm gonna go first. My tool of the trade right now is my Google Calendar. Because that is how I've remained as organized Ooh, as I've been thus far. Yeah, yeah. I got tell the, tell the people where they can find you too. Okay, you got Thomas the Great on IG. You got Tommy Pickles on on uh, Twitter. Right. P I C K L Z with mm-hmm. an underscore in the middle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. That's right. my everything. Right. Me right now. I'm starting off, so it's number my voice right now. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's where can the people find you? Uh. Uh. Right now, you can see me. I see what I'm saying. On uh, on the ground, uh-huh. and uh, George Robinson on on the Facebook. Bet. Still trying to get that all together and everything. Do your thing, man. Take your time. Take your time. No respect. Well, a tool of the trade these days, patience. Hmm. I've been trying to learn what that really means and trying to apply it throughout my day. And um, it's easier said than done. Yeah. But you know, I've realized that that's be patient something. with yourself. Yeah, it, it's key. It, um, you realize a lot of things that. You know, sometimes out of your control, and try to not be as emotional when you come into those different kind of factors. Right. I got you. But you know, you. it's all about being a creative and yeah. just trying to keep a level head at the same time. Like that seventy-five over the hundred, we'd be talking about yeah, mm. hundred miles per hour. Going slow fast, it down man. to seventy-five. Gotta slow it down, bro. Uh, just Move because you speed. speed down the highway don't mean you're getting to your destination faster, bro. It's about consistency. What speed can you keep comfortably, safely that'll get you where the fuck you need to go? Exactly. That's mm-hmm. why I don't drive fast on the highway too much. Nah, man. You're I'm not cruising. You only gonna cut seconds, seconds off of your trip. Right. Would you rather die in them seconds? Would you rather just anyway? Tell the people where they can find you, Jiggy. All right, All right. on Instagram, Jiggy, man. Uh, Jiggy season, <laughs> Jiggy season, J G Y S Z N. It's the same thing as Twitter as well, Jiggy Pendergrass. But um, oh, that's that Jiggy P. <laughs> Jiggy P on I didn't know, dog. I didn't know, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm That's an old soul right I'm there. At, yeah, bro. You kind of look like Teddy Pendergrass a little bit. Now That's that I'm where looking it gets. You kind of look like Teddy Pendergrass a little I, bit, I, man. I moved to DC and all the old heads was like, yo. Yeah, you yeah. Look like Teddy Pendergrass. Hey, man. You might want to hit the karaoke's, bro. Hey, yeah. You got the 40 plus. The 40 plus karaoke. I got it locked. Yeah. I got it locked. Locked. Hands down. Look, you way. might have a monopoly, oh, bro. Yeah. I'm look, telling look, you right look, now, man. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to what's the what the old people hang at? Uh, yeah, I, need, no. I don't stands. know. Stands? I don't know. I'm just wow. I, no, <laughs> I got so many stories about stands, bro. Oh, do you? I do. I. The Merryweather for the Summer Spirit Festival. Oh. There you go. There you go. Yeah, the, I, the, I, the, the Tom Joyner cruise. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Ooh. Get the time join the, cru- oh, the, the cruise, bro. You will be on with the uh, with the Teddy Pendergrass karaoke. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Bmo Brown. Follow me on all social media platforms at Bmo Brown. B E M O Brown. That's Bmo Brown. Uh, my tool of the trade this week. So y'all know I've been in a, a bit of a reflection coming off the Flower Bomb Fest. Usually takes me a little while to get my juju back. 
But yesterday I had a beautiful conversation. I had a conversation with my man who's been listening to a, another podcast called Philosophize This. Hmm. And in this podcast, they have details about how you create ideas and turn them into reality, right? Which is exactly what we're doing in this podcast. And it made me remember I haven't used one of my favorite tools of the trade in a long time. And that's hustling. Hmm. I mean, good old-fashioned, put your elbow in it, your neck hurt, you don't sleep, beating the pavement, hustling. I've been growing a little ego in the last maybe like four or five months, and I can feel it stuck in my chest like a bone at the fish fry. And I've been trying to figure out how the hell can I create, which comes from your stomach, you know what I mean, your metabolism that gives you energy. How can I create if something like my ego was stuck in my chest? So I said, BMO, we just need to think about it. So I watched Entourage from beginning to end, which usually is the whole whole thing. I'm a binger, baby. Okay, I binge to bring it back. I can't even sit still for that long. I'm sorry to hear that, Tom Tom. But (laughs) But what I'm getting at is, I forgot how much I love the hustle. Okay. I, I tweeted like a week ago, I need to build something to keep my ego in check. And then I remembered, nigga, you still building yourself. So my tool to trade this, this week is... Humility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> humility, my... Oh, my God. Humility in the form of work. I don't know, I don't know where I got the idea that shit would just come to me, baby. I need to grease up these elbows one more time. There you go. You feel me? Good old As awesome. always, you can follow us uh, on all social media platforms at OTS Pod. Look for us on wherever you can find podcasts. Obviously, if you listen to this, you found this. Right. So make sure you stay tuned next week. We'll be dropping more gems for you to pick up. Until then, peace. Peace, peace.